You have to find your corner of the world and you have to go at it with passion. Welcome to Agency for Change, a podcast from Kid Glove that brings you the stories of changemakers who are actively working to improve our communities. In every episode, we'll meet with people who are making a lasting impact in the places we call home. If you ever wanted to help people and be a part of something bigger than yourself, today's episode might have just what you're looking for. It's an organization with over 1,100 chapters across 37 countries worldwide. It commands a volunteer force of 1.5 million people, and it raises nearly $6 billion, and that's billion with a B, every single year. And what's more, you've probably given to this organization at your office through a workplace giving campaign. I am talking, of course, about the United Way, whose Lincoln and Lancaster County local chapter in Nebraska is doing some great work, including assisting families from Afghanistan, Ukraine, and elsewhere on the globe to find new homes in their community. And you'll hear about it on today's show, and you'll find out exactly what you can do, because I know you want to get involved to help them reach their next goal. Hey, everyone, this is Lynn Weinman, President and Chief Strategist at Kid Glove. Welcome to another episode of Agency for Change podcast. Today's guest is Megan Liefsfeld, Executive Director at United Way of Lincoln and Lancaster County, which works to improve lives by mobilizing the caring power of this community. Megan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Lynn. It's so nice to be here with you. Uh, I always love talking with you, Megan, and I am hoping you could just start us out by helping our listeners understand what it is the United Way of Lincoln and Lancaster County does and who you help. Oh, I love that question. <laughs> and I'm going to I'm I'm going to answer that in a in a more technical capacity in a minute. But okay. first of all, I just want to say I think I have been connected to the United Way of Lincoln and Lancaster County for a number of years in a variety of capacities. And one thing has always held true, and that is my belief that the role of United Way of Lincoln and Lancaster County is to connect people, mm, Yeah, which I love. It is what has always been a draw for me and continues to be a draw for me. We are connectors, and that at my very core is one of the things that I'm most passionate about. And so... From more of a, a big picture sort of philosophical place, that's really what we do. But uh, on a more technical level, really what we do is we're an organization that focuses on a few really critical issues. Mm. Those are education, financial stability, and health. And we do that because we really, uh, as an organization, are passionate about ensuring that every person in our community, Lincoln and Lancaster County, has the opportunity to thrive. And we really see those particular areas, those, those sort of building blocks of a good life, financial stability, 
quality education and, and, and good health as being the major contributors. And so those are the areas that we focus on. And we uh, spend our time working within the nonprofit community with agencies, uh, agency partners that are doing incredible work in that space. And we, uh, we get to know them, we get to know the programs, we get to know the ways that they're supporting people. And then we get to go to our community and we talk about that. And we generate support for it. The, the connections uh, that we're working to make are between the members of our community who are also passionate about that cause and say, you know, here's an opportunity to really to, to step in and be a part of helping other people in our community. Maybe people you know, maybe people you don't know, maybe uh, individuals who are experiencing things that, that you have a tremendous awareness of. Maybe maybe you don't, but we get to bring awareness to, to some of the needs in our community, and then we get to give people an opportunity to be a part of meeting those needs. And so that's, that's how we work to connect. Megan, I can just hear the excitement and the passion and the care in your <laughs> voice for the work that you are doing. And you and I have actually been connected for mm-hmm. a long time because we live in we live in this community and you have some marketing in your background. And I, of course, am very passionate about marketing as well. But I'd love to hear about your career path. Like, Mm. how did you use your previous experience to get into this role where you are and serving very well and very happily today? Yeah, I have had a really fun career path. (laughs) I I feel really fortunate to have had the career path that I have because throughout my career, I've always done things that I'm really passionate about mm, um, and focused for you. on. Yeah, it's. I feel so fortunate because I've done things that I love. I I haven't spent. I've spent almost all of my career in nonprofit. Uh, very short stint. I mean, not in for profit or not in nonprofit, but very short. Um, I knew right away that I wanted to be a nonprofit, and and part of that stems from a, a passion that I have just to, for for mission work of really really. Uh, that compels me, that drives me. It's it's uh, that purpose piece for me is really important. I was really fortunate very early on in my career uh, to find my way to a local nonprofit here in town, Cedars, and they do incredible work. And I was there for 15 years, mm. but it was the marketing and communications, a skill set that brought me to Cedars. I said, I think I can have something to contribute here. But the passion piece for me was because they were working with children and families. And yeah. I, uh, my, my dad was adopted as a kid. And that was always a, a part of our story where I could really connect to just a real value for the work that people do to make make lives better for people yeah. you know i just he he had such an incredible growing up experience uh, with my grandparents who adopted him. And uh, so I had a passion for that space of work. And so I thought if I can contribute anything to to that experience for others, I want to be able to do that. So I started out in marketing and communications at Cedars. I worked my way through, I think, about five different positions <laughs> while I was there. A lot um, of nonprofit folks <laughs> wear a lot of hats. Like that is yeah. what we know. You wear a lot of hats, which also means you learn a lot of things and you yeah. Expand your skill set in different ways. Yeah, yeah, and I, 
you know, I was so fortunate. I had great mentor leaders who, when I would say, Hey, can I try this? Said, yes. What an incredible opportunity, right? To, To have people who say, when I say, can I try this? They said, sure. Yeah. Why don't you do that? And then they supported my, um, my ability to do that and to learn in those spaces. And so I worked, worked for that organization for 15 years. Um, and when I left, I was serving as the executive vice president. So had an yeah. incredible opportunity to learn about all aspects of, of nonprofit leadership and everything from marketing communications to development and fundraising, making connections, ultimately worked with programming and uh, those types of things, and just really had an incredible experience that led me to where I'm at right now, which was the ability to come over to an organization where I took what I knew about partnering, and, uh, fundraising, and working at the community, and just expanded it to the ability to work with an even broader network of nonprofits. Yeah. Now you get to work with so many different ones. <laughs> if I can say this out loud, you've come a long way, baby, right? <laughs> <laughs> but actually, Vegan, I just came across a statistic that kind of blew my mind. But when you do the math, it's obvious, but most of us will spend nearly a hundred thousand hours working during our lifetime. Doesn't that sound like a lot? That does. That's incredible. (laughs) And I wish I could talk to everyone at the beginning of their careers and go, you deserve to work in something to do something that you love, right? I'm a Mm. firm believer that go after what you love and the money and the advancement will follow. I mean, I'm sure there's a few exceptions out there, but Really, I I can hear this love in your voice. So I I think that's really great. So Mm. you mentioned something early, actually, in the first question, you mentioned that the United Way is really kind of focusing on the three core areas, education, financial stability, and health. I'm really curious, how did you decide on those three? Mm. That's a great question. And it's kind of, and I'm going to connect it to two things. One is, you know, United Way is, our local United Way is connected to a broader a network of United Ways from all across the nation and the world, actually. And we feel very fortunate to be a part of a, such a strong network of um, like organizations that are doing incredible work in, in their communities to support the unique and individual needs of their communities. But a number of years ago, United Way really started to focus in on these particular areas. And as a community, we decided to adopt that same model. And I think that there was a lot of incredible discussion around that and connection around that. And really the reason, really the reason that we focus in those areas are, and I, and I did mention that earlier is these really are kind of the essential building blocks to being able to have a successful life and, and it can't just be one of them, right? So it's not one, it's not two, it's all three. And one of the things that we frequently hear when we talk with uh, organizations that have staff who are, are working in this, uh, in in each of these areas is, uh, you know, you can, you can oftentimes see a need presented and you can go uh, into a family's home and you can start to work with that family and you can work to address that need. So uh, perhaps a young person is, is is not showing up consistently at school. There's an opportunity to, to, to have conversation with that family. The amount of times that as you start to sort of peel back the onion, you learn 
there are some really significant vulnerabilities in this family mm-hmm. that are contributing to this. Yeah. So this is not a, you know, it, it may be what presented to us is the student perhaps is unengaged or, or uninterested or not any number of reasons for not attending school. When in reality, it's, you know, perhaps the car has been broken for a week and there is no ability to pay for it because, uh, because the, the parent of the home is not, is not able to afford to do that. Or, you know, a student who's consistently not showing up because they're staying home to care for a younger sibling so that a parent can turn around and go to go to their job and so you know we we think it's pretty imperative that we be working across all of those areas and supporting all of those areas because we know how very interconnected they are Mm -hmm. Um, and vulnerability in any one of those areas can really cause some pretty significant concerns in others we saw that a lot during the pandemic right so the pandemic was a health crisis (laughs) yes initially right yes which became an economic crisis, um, which became an educational crisis because it, all of those things are so, so terribly uh, interconnected. And so we felt it was really important organizationally to ensure that in order for us to have a really strong safety net for our community, that we'd be focusing on all of those areas. Mm, That sounds like a really, really smart strategy. You know, Megan, when I think about the United Way, it's got to be globally one of the top most well-known nonprofit brands in the world, right? Mm-hmm. But yet, I bet there's a lot of misperceptions. You know, maybe people don't really understand what it is that you do or how you work. But mm-hmm. I, I'm just curious, we often like to give people the opportunity, hey, is there anything out there maybe that you want to clear up or help people mm. understand better? What would you say that would be for the United Way? You do hear that sometimes, you know, in there, and, and when you when you work with a with a very large and, and well known global brand, there 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 are just incredible benefits to that. But then there is confusion at times. So mm-hmm. I think the one thing that I would pinpoint, and and, and uh, I think this is really important. So United Way, our local United Way here in our community is in fact a completely independent, independently governed uh, 501c3. So every United Way across the nation has um, its own separate and distinct 501c3. So even though we have the benefit of being a part of a larger mission and organization, all of our control happens here locally. So we uh, we have our own board of directors. Uh, we make all of our own independent decision-making. All of our uh, decision-making here is independent about uh, how we fundraise, what we what we fundraise for. It's very specific to our community. And then uh, how, we, how we make those funding decisions and how those dollars go back out into the community or and invested, all of that happens at a local level. And so it really, it really is about Lincoln and Lancaster County. Ah, that's great. So I'm curious, you know, with this network, have you seen anything like, what are the things about Lincoln and Lancaster County that are similar to Mm. other communities? And then are there things that make us different? Oh, yeah. So... I'm going to start with what I think is similar, um, yeah. and, and some of this is probably not going to surprise you because we work in the area of of, of human need, yeah. right? And so yes. uh, at its very core, financial stability, education, and health, those there are there are elements of need that that stretch across our, our entire nation. Um, but I would say it, when I when I talk to colleagues from across the country or even across the state, a lot of the similarities, and I would say right now, a lot of the similarities, the issues facing most of our communities right now that we would share 
workforce is a huge, huge Huge. issue. Huge. And of course that has, that has really significant impact on people's ability to be financially stable. Workforce is a, is a major issue. And I, in in a slightly different (laughs) <laughs> track on that. You know, it's a big issue for our nonprofits right now. Yes, um, they're having they're... trouble attracting people to help them serve mm-hmm. the people that they that they help. Yes, mm-hmm. it's huge. Yes. Because often nonprofits cannot pay the same salaries as perhaps right. for profits with similar positions. That does happen. Right. Right. And then that impacts their ability to serve yeah. uh, their community. They endeavor to do it uh, regardless, but that is an issue that we're seeing. The lack of mental health support coming out of the pandemic is, is a pretty consistent conversation that we have, not just here in our community, but in other communities and certainly within our state. A couple of things that are, I think, a little bit more specific to um, our community, because I think we have such an incredible community. Uh, we have such a supportive community. I'm going to agree some... with that one. <laughs> <laughs> But we have some, we, you know, we, we aren't, we have, we have some issues that we need to continue to work on. And one of those is, you know, and, and we saw this a lot in the last probably six to eight months in particular within our organization is transportation. Mm. Our community is heavily, heavily reliant on uh, personal vehicles. Particularly, we saw this um, when we had the opportunity to welcome a pretty sizable refugee yeah, group into our community in the last year. And those individuals did not have the opportunity to obtain a driver's license immediately. Not all of them did. Certainly we, we you know, it was impossible to buy a car for quite some it time. Was, right. So getting to job, getting to appointments, those types of things, transportation has been a really common conversation. And I think that that will continue to be a conversation uh, because we want people to be able to be self-sufficient. Yeah. And so th- there, are, there are those unique things that I think are specific to our community community, we have, we have room to grow and room to improve, but, but certainly we have a a community that is focused on solutioning. And I, and I appreciate that about, about Lincoln and Lancaster Mm. County. You know what? I've never heard anyone use the word solution like that. Solutioning. Mm. I like that (laughs) solutioning. That's going to be one of my new favorite, my new favorite (laughs) vocabulary words, Megan. So you have experience, obviously, on the nonprofit side, I mean, United Way is also a nonprofit, but in, in a different way. I'd love to hear a bit more about what opportunities the United Way has to work with these other nonprofit organizations. Obviously, you're distributing money, but mm-hmm. does it go beyond that? Yes, it does. And we feel really fortunate that it goes beyond that. One of the one of the things about distributing money is just through the process of of, of distribution of funds, uh, we have a, an incredible opportunity to regularly connect with nonprofit uh, agencies across the community. We we have a an incredible opportunity to hear the stories of success, to hear what what's needed, how they want to grow, what they see into the future. You know, if you want to know what the what the future of of uh, Lincoln can look like, go sit down and have coffee with a visionary leader of a nonprofit because they can always see what's needed and what the next solution is. And I love, I love that. So, so we have those opportunities a lot of the time. Um, We also work with just kind of a broader group of, of, of community members in public uh, the public sector. So it's, it's our nonprofits, it's the public sector. And I have to say, you know, one of the things that, and I feel like a little bit of a broken record here, but one of the things that I so appreciate about this community is it partners together really, really well. Yeah. So it's, you know, you, you want to, you want to model for great public private partnerships, 
look at Lincoln. Uh, we yeah. just do that so well. And so beyond just the, you know, the 41 agencies that were, that were funding this year, you know, when there's, where there's an issue in our, in our community, you will always find opportunity at a table uh, in this community to have a conversation about an issue because people come together really well uh, to have conversations, to think about solutions and to bring their individual strengths and resources to the table. And I think that's really a value. And we're always grateful to be a part of those kinds of conversations. Mm. You know, Megan, as I hear you, as I hear you talk, every time you talk about connecting and serving, <laughs> I just hear a little extra sparkle in your voice. <laughs> if a voice can sparkle, right? I, I can just hear it. I'm curious, um, are there people or organizations or books or art or something that maybe inspired your approach to working with the community? What guided you maybe and how did it help? Oh, you know, that probably started pretty early for me, actually. Mm. Um, I grew up in a pretty small community in Iowa, which I, you know, don't throw anything at me. Too. <laughs> I love Iowa. Iowa is awesome. fantastic, right? <laughs> Thanks, Our neighbor, Lynn. I think Iowa is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Nothing yeah. against I do Iowa. Too. I do too. But, you know, I grew up in a pretty small community and I had two parents who were incredibly involved. They grew up in that community. Mm, yeah. And they were involved in really different ways. My dad had a, a pretty, a pretty, pretty obvious leadership role in, 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 you know, a company in the community. My mom is a more behind the scenes kind of person, yeah. but I watched during all of my growing up years, the two of them always say yes. Mm. Uh, when it was inconvenient, yeah. they said yes. It's often inconvenient when you get the <laughs> ask, right? Especially yeah. if you're raising a family. Yeah. Yeah, but they did, you know, they did it and they did it because they genuinely cared about the people around them. They saw the community as their community mm -hmm. and they took a lot of pride and ownership in that. I think, you know, very early on, I saw, I saw the value for viewing your community as the broad community and the challenges, but also the real joy of saying yes, yeah. even when it's inconvenient yeah. because it's really, it's, it's really a service to your community as a whole, in addition to that person that you're saying yes to, right? And so, so I, I just was really fortunate to have incredible models of service in my life, very close. Uh, um, I would say the same of my grandparents. And then coming to the Lincoln community, if there's not a community that fosters the idea of servant leadership, then I don't know. Oh, I don't know one that does. And, and being in the nonprofit community, you just, you know, I was inspired by incredible leaders and we have incredible, incredible nonprofit mentor leaders, for-profit mentor leaders in this community. But I also got the opportunity to see people who just showed up every day and worked hard to support people, people on the front lines who, whether you were having a good day or a bad day, didn't matter. You showed up for somebody else. So it's really inspiring to be around people like that. That, that certainly I think is, has been a driver for me. Megan, I think that's just a great testament too to any of us, whether we're parents, grandparents, or we just have kids around us. Mm. They're watching, right? Like you yes, watched your parents, you watched your grandparents, you watched the people in the community. And I think that there's there's a lot of opportunity to inspire others. I also think back to, you know, over the past my life the times that I've said yes and volunteered mm. and gone in, even when it wasn't convenient, I always feel like I take away more than I give. 
I've met new people. I've learned a new skill. I've learned a new issue. I've kind of filled my heart with the satisfaction Mm. of knowing I'm making my community or a community a better place. And so I, I do think there's a bit of that giving and receiving that happens both both ways. Absolutely. Absolutely. There is. Um, I feel that same way. I I often uh, come away with a whole lot more than I suspect Uh, I was able to give. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I feel a little guilty for that sometimes. Oh, no, no, no. I don't think you should at all. I don't think you should at all. I think it's just a good reminder for the days when you're like, I don't know, I'm tired today. Uh, It's a good reminder that uh, in the future, you'll be happy about this. So lately, I've been reading a lot in the paper about something called Called the resettlement fund. Yeah. Can you talk to us a bit more about this work? I would love to. This has been a really incredible journey that we've been on to, to create the Lincoln Resettlement Fund. It's about connecting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I Whoa, will, surprise. I know, surprise, surprise, <laughs> right? But a it's been, gosh, it was it was a number of months ago. It was in the spring. We started to have some pretty substantive conversation with a number of nonprofits across our community. We were just we we're just starting to hear some conversations bubble up about how our new neighbors were doing in the community and how we were doing as a community, uh, welcoming a pretty sizable number of refugees who came in into our community in the last six months. And we have been, as you probably know, a incredible resettlement community Yes, for, for a long, long time. So this is, this is, this is work that we cherish and enjoy and embrace as a community um, and have a lot of resources for. But one of the things that was really unique about the, this point in time in this last year is that we welcomed an incredibly uh, sizable, as I said, group of individuals coming all at once into our community on the heels of virtually virtually no resettlement activity. Right. It was quiet. It was quiet. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden big things happened. Big things happened. Yeah. And so because of, because of kind of that, uh, that, quiet time and then a, a, a sort of uh, a big things happening with with a great group of Afghan refugees and Ukrainian refugees coming into our community we started to we started to hear that there was there was some some work that maybe we could do that needed to be done by to, to have our community help support those individuals and those families a little bit better and so we pulled together just a, a group of community uh, members connected from all all different areas of the community, from Lincoln Public Schools, from Ukrainian churches here mm-hmm. in the community, government, uh, funders, lots of our great cultural centers, um, certainly our refugee resettlement organizations. And we had a conversation and we said, how can our community help? What can we do um, to uh, support your efforts in ensuring that every refugee or immigrant or new person into our community from from these communities uh, feels welcome and has access to the resources that they need? And so we had a great community conversation and sort of refined this. And, And from that, we worked with a number of organizations from across the community who gave really generously to start a Lincoln Resettlement Fund. And uh, we've been so grateful to see uh, grow. We raised, I think, in to date, a little over three hundred and twenty-five thousand um, dollars wow. of new money into our community. Congratulations! Um, that thanks. is really great. What a great initiative! And and 
a great result so far. I yeah. know it's still going, but it's still going. We're still fundraising, but we have actually already been able to put those dollars out back out into the community. We quickly turned those back around. They're being invested into the community to support um, some specific areas that that group was able to identify that philanthropy could really play a role. Transportation needs um, with some situational childcare and with some expanded case management. Those were the things they said, you know, if we could just have a little bit more resources there today, uh, that'll mm-hmm. make a long-term impact um, on our ability to support. So that's been an incredible, incredible opportunity for our community to connect and be a part of a, be, be a part of welcoming our, our new community members. Congratulations once again on that. I, I think that's really great. And I've been reading some great things about it. So I'm, I'm glad you could share a little bit more. So one more thing I'm really curious about any fundraisers, events, fun things on the horizon that we should mm. keep our eyes out for? Absolutely. So we've talked a little bit just about kind of United Way is is a we, we do fundraising. That, sure. is a, that is a part of our makeup. Every year we do what we call the uh, the annual campaign. That is really the primary period of time when we're really just out in the community and we're talking about the great work of our nonprofits. We're helping people understand the needs that exist in our community and we're raising dollars that will then later be distributed back out into those agencies. And we are having our kickoff um, to our annual campaign on September 8th. Ooh, all right. Yeah. So we're we're doing we're doing some fundraising now. We call this our pace setters. So this is our, our sort of lead group um, that we that we work with of, of workplaces that are fundraising now. But the official campaign kickoff happens September 8th. We're really excited about it. We have incredible chairs for our campaign this year. Chance- Chancellor Ronnie Green and Jane Green are chairing our campaign. Oh, and yeah. so that's we great. are hosting yes. our our uh, kickoff at uh, Devaney and on September 8th. And Trev Alberts is going to be our, our uh, keynote. So we're pretty excited to, to bring the giving opportunities to the community. And then we always follow our kickoff with a day of volunteerism. And so we have our day of caring the following day where we will have individuals spread out all across this community in those 41 different agencies that we support, uh, donating their time and their energy to, to do something that the nonprofit now don't have to do themselves. Very nice. And don't have to dedicate their staff time to because we show up and we we try to take care of those things. So those are a couple of really fun things that we have coming up. That sounds great. So watch the calendar in September then. All right. Fantastic. So uh, if there was one big goal you could accomplish during your time at at the United Way, Megan, what Mm -hmm. would that be? It doesn't have to do with connecting people. (laughs) (laughs) You read my mind. (laughs) You know, I... (sighs) I, this is interesting for me because I have to say there's, there's always a temptation to have something that you can measure a metric, one big, one big, you know, an initiative of something. That's your marketing background, right? What are we going? (laughs) What's the goal? goal? What is the goal? Yeah. So that's, so to have it be connection. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. Is it is a little, you know, it's like, gosh, it's got to be something a little bit more measurable or something like that. But the more, the more I've, I've sat in, in, in my role, I've gotten a lot more comfortable with that being the goal. Mm. If you remove, if, if I remove myself from, from this, from this chair, from this, from this kind of United Way connection bubble, and I look out at our community, out at our world, uh, connections really needed. <laughs> it is now more than ever. I think yeah. after after being distanced, right? Yeah, distanced, afraid, like paused. 
uh, connection is really important for That's, so many reasons. Yeah, it really is. So if 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 nothing else, if we accomplish nothing else, uh, continuing to be able to connect people at a time when connection is been challenged by distance. I think it's challenged by rhetoric. I think mm-hmm. it's challenged by a lot of things every day. I think that it's 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 it takes a real intentionality to connect right now. Um, and it has for the last couple of years. So if we are a part of the fabric of helping people stay connected, mm. continue to committing to knowing one another and caring about one another, I think that'll be enough. I think that's lovely. I, I think that's huge, Megan. Mm. I think it's absolutely huge. All right. I'm going to ask you next my favorite question. Everybody who listens to the podcast knows this is my favorite question because I like to be inspired, right? And Mm. I have a collection of motivational quotes that I look to. I'm constantly looking up new quotes and putting them in front of me. But I would love an original quote from you to inspire our listeners. No pressure. No pressure at all. <laughs> You've said so many inspiring things. Like, I feel oh. like I'll go back through the transcript when we're done and I'll go, oh, but she said this and she said this. And she. Mm. what I've learned about great leaders is often they say so many inspiring things, but they're so humble. They're like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I know. I know you've got many great things to say. You know, I think... I have this. What this is hard for me because I think <laughs> no, because of the pressure of it. No, um, I'm sorry. You know, I I just I I've been so inspired by so many people who have fed me incredible nuggets of wisdom oh, throughout yeah. my career. And I have a little, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I have this little uh, <laughs> sort of <laughs> world of quotes over oh, um, yeah. to my side. And, and the one that I would say, and I don't know who said it, I don't know when they said it, but it's, so I've, I've made it my own over the, the years. I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's that I think you have to, you have to find your corner of the world and you have to go at it with passion. Oh, I've never heard anyone say that before. I think that is attributed to you 100%. (laughs) You have to find your corner of the world and you have to go at it with passion. I love that. That's so nice. Thank you for that. So uh, how can people find out more about the United Way of Lincoln and Lancaster County? The best way, the easiest way to find out more about United Way of Lincoln and Lancaster County is probably through our website at unitedwaylincoln.org. Unitedwaylincoln.org. We'll put that yeah. in the show notes, too. I often think I should just change that question to, what's your website address? <laughs> <laughs> I was say, does anybody give a different answer? I love sometimes, it. Sometimes, sometimes, unitedwaylincoln.org. That's great. Or they All can right. call me, but I don't think we want to put my oh, phone yeah, number Oh, yeah, no, let's here. not no. put your phone number there. <laughs> they can find the phone number on the website. Indeed. (laughs) All right. As we wrap up our time together today, what is the most important thing that you would like our listeners to remember about the work that you're doing? Mm, I think the most important thing is that we don't do any of this alone. None of it is done in isolation. Everything that we do is very intentionally about partnership. Every aspect of our work is done in partnership. And that is something I would never, ever change. A variety of perspectives uh, is critical. 
It's what makes decision-making rich. It is, it's what focuses us, <laughs> I think, yeah. on what matters the most because we stay connected. And I, I just think that that's so very important. None of this work, none of this work is done in isolation. Everything we do is done in partnership. Oh, Megan, that's lovely. I have really enjoyed talking with you today, reconnecting with you after a little while. (laughs) And I'm just going to say, I really think the world needs more people like you and more Mm. organizations like the United Way of Lincoln and Lancaster County. So thank you. Thank you for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for the talk. I've really enjoyed it. Me too. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed today's Agency for Change podcast. To hear all our interviews with those who are making a positive change in our communities or to nominate a changemaker you'd love to hear from, visit kidglove.com at K-I-D-G-L-O-V.com to get in touch. As always, if you like what you've heard today, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.